Just a quick apology here at the start. This recording should have been posted last week, but things got awfully busy in the Tech Guy household, so... I'm sorry. Now... This week on Champion Church Fort Worth, the podcast, Pastor Samuel introduces the new Orange Curriculum, a method of raising our youngsters with the principles of faith, not only at the church, but at home as well. It is only through the fusion of these two elemental colors, the red representing the love of home and the yellow representing the light of the church, that we can achieve the desired orange, a more effective way of ministering to our youth. Here's Pastor Samuel teaching us to see orange. Hey, uh, we're, we have a new series coming up over the next four weeks. Uh, I do want to tell you, Pastor Sharon Cranford, all the way from Africa, is going to be here in two weeks, and uh, she is so excited to see you and to be with you guys again, so I would just encourage you to be thinking about a way to bless her when she's here. Uh, but we are doing a, a series called Sea Orange, and as a church, we have are implementing, actually, kind of a new way to minister to the next generation, Right? And uh, if your mom and dad in here and you have a son, I don't care what, how old or young the son or daughter is, we believe that God has a plan for their life, and we are going to help them help you collectively do great things in their lives and train them and equip them. And so over the next four weeks, over this month of May, we're going to be talking about orange, and we're going to be talking about what that means and how it works and what it looks like. I would encourage you that if you have questions during the week, email, text us, call us, and let's begin to talk about that because it's going to be a, a fundamental shift for all of us us to begin to think about uh, regarding the next generation. We believe that God has called us to minister, build, grow, support the next generation so that they understand who they are in Jesus Christ. All right. Today I'm going to give you some statistics. We're going to talk about some things that is going to help you understand the foundation of orange. I want you to know right now your students, all of your little champion kids are in there right now learning about Orange, learning about who they are in Jesus. And every day we're going to be sending, we're going to send you something today, parents, that you're going to take with you if you have students in there, that you're going to begin to work with your children every day at home. Amen? Because your kids need encouragement. Your kids need life. Now, if you're like my parents, um, just because I'm out of the house doesn't mean that they don't have influence over me. Amen? And doesn't mean that they pray, that doesn't mean that they've stopped praying for me and they've stopped loving on me and they've stopped encouraging me. So I don't care if your son is or daughter is is 10 or 45. Amen. Your jobs as parents, you have a responsibility. As long as God, as long as there is breath in your body, amen, to encourage and build things. So wherever you're at, if your kids are older, this is for you. If you don't have any kids, this is for you. Because you need to know some of these things. I tell married people, or premarital counseling, I t- I'm going to marry this couple, and we're going to begin premarital counseling. And I always tell them, listen, we're going to deal with things right now before you get married. Because if you don't deal with them right now, when you get married, it's just going to blow up in your face. Praise Jesus. So if you're single here and you're without children, thank you, Jesus. Because I'm going to teach you some things this morning you're going to need to hear. Can we do this? Can we, can we, can we do this this morning? Praise God. God is good. Let me tell you a quick story. The other day, uh, my, my, my uh, son has lots of pigeons, and we started with eight. Now we have 22. Praise God. 
What is going on? My dad said, ready to eat. We do not eat our pigeons. They are the rats of the air. Somebody say, man, you do not want to eat those things. Now, yeah, that's what they call them. That's why when you're walking downtown, they're everywhere eating poo. Amen? Now, but I digress. I was feeding the birds, which I do every day, my son and I, Jet. And uh, we got these little babies now in there. And, and the moms, you know, while the babies are small, the moms will feed them and all this stuff. So I'm in there, and all of a sudden I see one of the, the mamas fly over to the baby. And the baby begins to squawk and yell and just screaming, all kinds of things that I really can't understand. And, and all of a sudden I see the, 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 this bird fly over to the bird, and, and they're, they're just pecking each other and, and beating each other up, and I'm alarmed. I'm like, what is this? This is like, you know, birds gone wild kind of thing, you know? And, and so I'm getting mad because this bird is, is, is hurting the baby, and Jet's starting to become really anxious, and, and I'm like, it's okay, son. And so I, 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 I go over there, and I'm, I'm kind of slapping the bird off the little baby, and, and I would just tell you, just don't do that. But, 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 but I was smacking it, and I was like, get off that bird. What do you think you're doing, right? So we're feeding them and hanging out. We like to hang out in there. All of a sudden, the bird comes back, and the baby bird's squawking, and the, the big bird is just on the baby bird's beak and smacking, and, and I'm getting angry. Like, I'm about to lose it, right? I'm about to get the stick and start whooping some pigeons. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you just got to get them in line. And so before, as I pick up the stick, <laughs> I'm just being honest here. Can I just be real this morning? As I pick up the stick to get ready to whack that bird, right, teach him something, all of a sudden the light bulb in my head goes on. Hang on. I think that's the mama feeding the bird in the craziest way I've ever seen, right? This was full contact MMA food eating. And I realized that, that the baby's just squawking because she's hungry, and the mama's just trying to shove food down her beak, right? And I'm thinking, the whole time, I was thinking there was a problem here. But then I had to tell Jet what was going on, so he was okay. And I just realized, friends, that you and I need a lot of training. And there are things that happen, and there are things in our lives that happen where we, sometimes we don't know. We just kind of do our best to, to work it out. But, but I believe when God comes and illuminates that situation, like he did that day, I realized that, man, people don't act like I think they should always act. People don't do things like I think they should always do. But, but you know, with God, when God comes and illuminates us, he helps us see what we don't see. And what I hope to, to communicate today over the next few moments together is that God really wants to help us be successful uh, in our lives, not only in our parenting and our ability to lead, but also in our ability to do what God wants us to do. And I was just encouraged by that story, even though I made some wrong decisions. But I'll tell you, this morning, I want, I want Peyton to put that screen up about orange. Today, we're going to talk about the what orange is and, and, and what we have found is as we begin to implement this, not only with, with our young kids, but all of our next generation of children, uh, all the way from babies to, to uh, high schoolers to college age, we're going to begin to do things as a church to build strength into them. And orange is about an opportunity to combine the heart of the church, all right, or the, excuse me, the heart of the family and the light of the church, and that's going to help influence and fuel the faith of the next generation. And uh, I want you to put that other image up if you have it. 
You don't? That's cool. No worries. Um, and when you get that, Peyton, go ahead and throw that in there and let me know if you have that up. And, um, but what I want to talk about is the, the difference and the, the combining of efforts, not only with the local church, which is the light, but with the family, which is really the heart. And, and what I want to say um, is that the church has a, has a pretty decent influence on you. And if you come to church every week, we found that the people that come are, are being successful in their ministry and being excess, successful in, in uh, us being able to influence them. But what we have found also is that the family has much more influence over a child, over the direction of the child. And, and, and I wanted to show you here, the church has about 52 weeks a year, one hour a week to minister to you and to minister to your children. 52 weeks. Studies tell us that the average person will come to church um, about 40 times a year if they are consistent in their in their. Uh, walk with God. If they are coming to church, they will come about 40 times. So I've got about 40 ping pong balls here, okay? Now, um, I want to just tell you, I've got about 40 ping pong balls, and that represents every time you're going to come to church for one hour a week, right? Um, And if I were to take these ping pongs, statistics say that most people, though, come to church about half that time, about half of 52 weeks, which is about 26 weeks, right? We got about 26 weeks to help you see and invest and invite and do all kinds of amazing things in your life. We, we have 26 weeks to build you up. We have 26 weeks to encourage you of the image of God and who God is in your life. And we have 22, 22 weeks, which is actually only 26 hours a year. You are actually being invested in 26 hours a year by by the church, by the local church, and by the Lord to illuminate your life, all right? And I kind of wanted to show you that analogy because statistics say that you have about 3,000 hours to build up your students, to build up your children. So while the church has 26 hours a year to invest in your children, you have 3,000 hours a year. To invest in your children. All right? So do you guys see the dynamic there? I, w- I want to just make something very clear to you. Um, Peyton, go ahead and throw that up, just to, the, the difference here. What, what this yellow and red is all about, when you add the church with the family, and you're combining the influence of the home and church for a greater impact. And what we know, and, and through statistics and through just learning about how to do this is it is so vital that we are able to to understand our role in this because you can come to church for 26 hours a year and get some good things get some encouragement but if that doesn't affect the 3,000 hours that you're spending with your child then we're in trouble and what I want to tell you no one has more potential to influence a child than a parent Can I say that again? No one has more potential to influence a child than a parent. Statistics show that 85% of parents believe, whether Christian or non-Christian, that they are directly responsible for the spiritual direction and belief system of their children. You guys are directly responsible for that. 95% of parents believe that they are responsible for the moral values of their children. 
I want to encourage you today. You, you believe this about yourselves. So you have to be focused and encouraged daily to take those 3,000 hours and invest into your children things that really matter, all right, in life. And it, and it is a responsibility that we cannot uh, just take lightly. But we have to understand we've got to put forth a lot of effort in our children outside of the hour that they get on Sunday morning. Let me tell you, as a youth pastor for 10 years, I would have two different types of parents. I would have parents that would come to me and say, listen, my kid's dealing with some things, and I really need your help. I really need to partner with you to help my child. And then I had parents that would come to me and blame me for their kids' decisions all the rest of the day, every day of the, of, of the week. And I would, I would try to encourage the parent, parent, I've got your student one hour a week. I've got your student at most 26 hours a year, and you're coming into my youth group when I'm busting my rear end to bring life to your child, and you're going to tell me that it's my fault. Now, certainly, I've got to take responsibility, friends, for what I teach and how I teach. And over the next few weeks, I I pray that you are diligent to come because you're going to find out what we're going to be teaching and how we're going to be teaching and and what what we value here at Champion. But but I just want to encourage you. Let's look at what Barbara Bush said about the White House versus your own house. Do you guys know the wonderful Barbara Bush? Anybody? She said, your success as a family... And our success as a nation depends not on what happens inside the White House, but on what happens inside of your house. Smart woman. What is it that you're doing in your house? Because that's producing results. Good or bad, it's producing results. What happens at your house is more important than what happens at the church house. Is that okay to say? I'm just trying to, trying to give it to you straight, my friends. The average church student, church attends 40 hours a year. That same fourth grader spends over 400 hours a year playing video games. Your, your kids right now are on their iPad, or after church, or on their iPad, or on technology, over 400 hours a year, and they get about 26 hours of church a year. Just trying to get you to understand the dynamic we're dealing with, friends. So what we know is what happens at home has the potential to influence more than what happens at church. And the understanding here, friends, is that we need to lean in to the parents. We need to lean in to you guys. We need to lean into the church, to to all of you people, to empower you to go home and make a major uh, make a major difference in the lives of your children. And whether your children's children live with you or not, you still have the ability to influence them. A great ability, whether you believe it or not, even if it's just you praying for your children on a regular basis. Listen, your children need prayer every day, just like you do. They're going to face all kinds of things on a daily basis, and it's the parents that say, God, I'm going to lift my kids up to you every day. That produces results. Now, let me tell you something. There's something called the slow fade of faith that happens in a children's life. I'm going to give you some statistics because I want you to understand the slow fade of faith that happens statistically as a kid grows up in the church, as a kid grows up in your house. 
It says here, depending on which, uh, who you're looking at, George Barner, Josh McDowell, 60% to 80% of all students who grow up in the church, who sat in our groups and sat in our classes, walk away from their faith and the church when they graduate high school and move into college. 60 to 80% of, of, of kids that grow up in church are going to walk away at the end of high school. And listen to this, by age 30, only 20%, 20 to 30% ever come back to God. That's the statistic. I mean, listen, my wife and I were in ministry for 10 years with youth. How many of them are solid in the kingdom of God right now? Maybe a handful. Now, let me show you what the slow fate of of, of faith means. 95% of evangelicals attended and participated in church as a child. So 95% started out in in elementary, going to church, regularly attending. Only 55% of those participated in church when they were in middle school or high school. So it drops from 95% to 55% nationwide, right? This is what we're talking about. The United States of America, growing up in the the greatest, freest country in the world, 55% of kids go to church regularly in middle school and high school. And then listen to this. By the time they get to college, the same students that were all there throughout that, only 11% participated and are still engaged in a community of faith. 11%. Now, I want to encourage us this morning that there's something that we've got to understand. Two combined influence make a greater impact than just two separate influences. Which means that whatever your kids are getting on Sunday morning, we have got to partner with parents so that parents understand what they're learning and begin to implement and solidify daily what God is trying to build in them every day. You've got to say, God, thank you for what you've invested in my child on Sunday, and now I'm going to take it and run with it. I'm going to apply that to their lives. We're going to talk about it. We're going to go do fundraisers together. We're going to begin to build things intentionally into the lives of our children that allow them to understand it's not just about Sunday morning, and it has more to do with your Monday through Saturday and how you treat your sister and how you treat your brother and how you you, you act and, and walk like Jesus wants you to act and walk like and how God can use you today that will affect your tomorrow. We have to be intentional in doing this. Now listen, I just want to say to you that the church is is yellow in this because it's the light to illuminate your life. That's what the Bible talks about. Jesus says here, uh, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Do you hear that? I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me tell you why you bring your kids faithfully to church. Because their lives are being illuminated by Jesus. You and I need to be illuminated by the only person that brings real light to our lives, which then produces um, direction. It produces results. It allows God, why do you come here faithfully every Sunday morning? Because you're saying, God, illuminate who I am. Let me, let me see. And, and God begins to work on you and invest in you and build strength and build life to your life. That's what the role of the church is. So we see the parent isn't the only influence a child needs. The child needs other influences. That's why you must partner with the local church. you got to have people that help you. It's, 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 it's this go-between. And let me tell you about teenagers. 
They're tired of hearing you a lot. They got to hear from somebody else. Because there's a point they're going to turn you off or down. Or they're going to put earbuds in their ears and they're going to go like, yeah, I hear you, but they're like, get out of my room. I have a 13-year-old. It's bad enough. Right? 13-year-old, I want to encourage you. There's a, there's a moment where, you, yes, you can, you can still encourage him. You can still love on him. But there, there's a point where you got to say, God, you better bring somebody else into my life to help this kid see what they don't see. I'll say something to my 13-year-old a thousand times, and then, and then her guitar teacher tells her something, and she hears it for the first time. I'm like, knucklehead, what are you thinking? But isn't that what God does? Because he loves your children. Because he gave you that gift. And what he does is he brings, when you're faithful, to surround your child with, with, with people that love them. Not for what they can get out of them, but because of for who they are in Jesus. When you have people and youth pastors and middle school pastors and people that pray for them and encourage them and, and love on them and, and, and they build life in them, that, that's the blessing of God, friends. And when that... When that, comes, when, 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 when that comes together, it's, a, it's an amazing, unbelievable opportunity. And this is what this Orange series is all about. Saying, God, we understand how valuable parents are to this whole thing. And we're going to begin to equip as a church. We're going to illuminate your children's life in a very systematic, in a very thought-provoking way. So that on Monday mornings, you're going to be blown away as you talk to your kid, as you talk to your wonderful gift about Jesus and how to do that and how to do it faithfully. And I believe God's going to transform our wonderful little gifts, amen? And not only that, he's going to transform us because we need transformation. Teens need another adult that they can walk with. Olivia Grace's guitar teacher, they didn't even practice last week for an hour. Why? Because Matt was talking to Olivia Grace about who she is in Jesus. I will pay every amount of dollar that I have in my bank account for somebody to sit with my 13-year-old and invest Jesus into them. Do you understand how valuable that is, friends? That actually produces results more than any, any dollar amount could ever do. Is when my daughter walks home or gets done out of that session and says, man, I believe it was really good. I'm like, did you play guitar? No. What'd you do? We just talked. We just wanted to know how I was doing. Just wanted to spend time. That's the kingdom of God working at its finest, friends. That's what it's about. I want to um, just encourage you that no matter where you're at today, no matter what you've produced so far, in your children, no matter what they're doing, I believe that God wants you to say, Lord, I'm giving this to you, and I want you to teach me and train me. doesn't matter if, you're, if, you're, if you've grown adult kids. We can start today to make a difference. Can I say this to you? Um, you're not perfect, and I'm not perfect. We see a Bible full of people that are completely not perfect. And how when God comes into that situation, he can, he can take completely uh, people that are completely broken and make beautiful things. 
And, and I want to say that to you because for some of you, you could sit here and go, well, you know, my kids are already grown and they're doing whatever they want. Or maybe I've lost one of my children to, to do, they're doing whatever they want to do. I just want to tell you, wherever you at, wherever they're at and wherever you're at today, God will run to the ends of the earth to meet your children. Can I say that to you? And that you receive it? Adult leaders and adult servers will be the other voice that shapes and make a difference in the lives and the generation of tomorrow. And listen, despite our flaws as parents and leaders, God has a plan to use us to impact the next generation. You know what I see is a difficult thing for parents is a lot of times they put up this facade to their children. Like they never have problems. Like they never make mistakes. Like they... Their kids never hear their parents apologize because I feel like a lot of parents, whether it be pride or whatever, think they've just got it all together. Can I say something to you about your kids? Your kids know all of your issues. They're with you every day. Your, your kids aren't surprised by that. And in fact, what, 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 what the difficult thing is by you doing that, it makes them believe that their relationship with Christ is not attainable because it makes them believe they have to be perfect. But when you go to your kids and honor them by saying, you know, dad made a mistake. I I had to do that. I have to do that all the time, friends. Nicole just said, yeah, you do. Because, you know, I'll I'll say something wrong and and I'll I'll yell at my kids and say, I'm going to I'm going to beat you. I'm going to kill you. And then I I take jet. I throw jet over my shoulder as I'm walking to the bathroom. He's like, no, daddy, don't kill me. And I'm like, shut up, son. I'm not going to kill you. But you know, like, am I the only one that says stuff that I'm like, why did I say that? What an idiot. You know what I mean? Am I the only one, friends? I know I'm not. Because we say things at home and we're like, if the church heard what I just said, I'd be off the platform. You know what I'm screaming? Like, I, I just want you to know that we all have these flaws and we're all these things that but but I love it because God takes our flaws and 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 we're able to show that to the next generation that God is a God of restoration that God is a God of redemption that God is a God that can can take things that are broken and make them great whatever you're doing today whatever your flaw is stop worrying about the flaw and just start saying God just use my brokenness Remember what I said to you, in our weakness, Christ is made perfect because he's able to do great and mighty things, amen? Now, what would happen if we're really able to put the family, which is the heart, and the church, which is the light, together to do great things? I want to tell you a quick story about, about Nehemiah which I really had never seen in the Word of God. I spoke to you about Nehemiah a few months ago in, in a series that we did. But Nehemiah had a heart for Jerusalem, his hometown. And he was working for the king, and, 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 and all of a sudden God put in his heart to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been torn down for 100 years, and there were cracks, and, and the enemy would be able to get in and destroy the homes. And, and all of a sudden God put it on Nehemiah's heart, and he went to the king and said, I want to go build back. I want to build the walls up. I want to fortify God's, God's city. And, and, and the king gave him the ability to do it, said, go. Go and be with you. Do, get, get after it. Go do what God wants you to do. And he went there. And, and if you read in Nehemiah, it talks about how he gathered all of these people together. And he said, listen, we are going to build the walls back up. And so they begin to work. 
they begin to work hard. And what, what they found was that people begin to really suffer and, and people begin to um, really be um, kind of miserable and all the hard work and the labor and, 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 and their, their hearts were kind of, it says that they were losing heart because it was just a ton of work. They were having a battle. And remember, just so you know, for 100 years before that, they would just sit in their homes that were torn down in this city, and, and they were hopeless, and they didn't have any real direction. And so Nehemiah was saying, listen, I'm going to gather together all the volunteers. I'm going to gather together anybody that wants to help, and we're going to get busy working on building these walls back up. And it's going to change our city. And so all of them got together, and even though they were suffering and, and struggling, um, all of a sudden, Nehemiah recognizes the vulnerability and that people were really hurting and that they were really tired. And he did something that I want you and I to understand this morning. In Nehemiah 4.13, um, Nehemiah begins to do something that you and I need to see. Verse 13, he says, Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. Someone say exposed places. Posting them. Listen to who he posts right there. He posts all of these people by families with their swords and spears and bows. So he systematically puts family members at the lowest places in the walls and the exposed places in the walls. And, and he places them there on purpose and for a purpose. Let me, let me, I don't want you to miss this. Because there is still broken and exposed places in the wall that he puts families in. And he puts all of these volunteers there. Nehemiah actually fills the gaps with parents and families. And I love this because from a spiritual implication, it tells us that what you and I need to do is partner with each other to fill the gaps where places are exposed, where there are problems. And if you and I would understand our role in filling those gaps, it would begin to produce results like we have never seen before in the next generation. I love it because at the most critical time, he posts families in the exposed places and leans into the parents. And listen to what he says here in verse 14. He said, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the bad guys. Because what was happening is there was a guy named Sambalot. He was coming to destroy all of these workers. He wanted to come and kill Nehemiah. Because any time that men and women of God rise up, the enemy will always rise up with an attack. And what the enemy loves to do to Christians is he loves to remind you of all of your cracks. He loves to remind you of those, those places in your heart that are broken. What I believe God wants to say to us is that as we partner together as a church and as families, that God will do such miracles in our relationships. He'll produce so many amazing results that nobody can say, well, it was you did it on your own. Or you just did it because you worked hard. Or you just did it because you had the finances. People will come into your family and say, man, only God could have done that. Only God could have restored that, that situation. And he says here, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And, and listen, I want you to hear this because he says, and fight for your families. 
Fight for your sons and fight for your daughters, your wives and your homes. Can I say that this is the word for you today? You got to get up and fight for what is yours, what God has given you. You've got to fight for that. You can't just sit around and let your family just live because they'll live right off a cliff. Because that's, that's the natural inclination of somebody that is born into sin. Your child is really good at saying no. Your child is really good at saying mine. Your child never says yours. Never. That's yours. No, it's mine. That, that's the way we're built, friends. And what I want to tell you is you and I have an opportunity where just like Nehemiah says, guys, you got to get up and fight for your families. Fight for your children. Fight for what they're watching. Fight for what they're doing. What I would say to you is in order to do that, you got to fight for what you believe in. you got to fight for what God wants you to do. Because that translates into your children. You want to see how, how, you're, you want to see how you're doing? Look at your children. They're, they're mirrors of you. There are things that I don't necessarily like in my children. <laughs> God says, Sam, I need you to work that out in you first. You know, I had to attack them and all of these things. My parents fought the good fight. You know, I had parents and still do. My parents don't mess around. Like I grew in Dane, I mean, <laughs> everyone that's grown up with me, they know my parents. Because when I had to be home at midnight in college, don't laugh. I couldn't be a minute late. If I was a minute late, it was game over. Even if I'm going 90 to try to get home, I better be home. And I had parents that, that really held me to a really high standard. And certainly it wasn't always fun and wasn't always great. But I understood something about honoring God and honoring my parents. And even today, being the old guy that I am, my parents will still encourage me in the Lord. They will still encourage me to make better decisions. They will encourage me all the time. I talk to my, my parents every day, even after church. And because my parents love me, they're like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Now, I could easily push that away, say I don't want that, thanks but no thanks. But you know what? I, I respect my parents for loving me. As long as God gives them breath in their life, they're going to love me and build me up and parent me. And I, I allow that because I know how hard they've worked. I know that they didn't stand around their whole lives and just let me live. They actually fought forever. There's some of you in this morning that you, you, you might have just let your kid go. And what I would say to you is God wants you to fight for that child. And I'm not saying that you have to fight in the way that maybe you think you should fight. Maybe you just need to stand in the gap for your child in prayer. Maybe you need to stand against the enemy in, in your child's life in that way and begin to invest into that child on a daily basis, whether they allow you to or not. Because this is what Nehemiah understood, that if he would partner with parents, that those gaps would be filled and that they wouldn't allow the enemy to creep into those areas, but that the family together with the church can do an amazing things in the hearts of their children. And we can help each other. And we can grow. We are stronger together, friends, than when we are apart. And, and, and I want to just encourage you because listen to what Nehemiah says in, in Nehemiah 6.16. 
the result of this. I love it. He says, when all of our enemies heard about this, of what Nehemiah had done and stationed all these people, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. See, anytime you insert Jesus into the situation, there's a difference that's made. And it's always going to be in, in glory and honor to him. Does it mean that everything's going to work out perfect? No. Does it mean that everything's going to look right? No. It means that God, when you allow him to be in your relationship with your children, when you allow him to be in your relationship to your employees or your employer at work, anything that God, that you insert him into, it will produce good results at some point. You have to know this. God's going to help you in this. He wants you to, to, to understand that it's about partnering together. And this is, our, this is our mandate to you, and this is our encouragement to you. we got to do this thing collectively on a daily basis. And this is what Orange is all about, the heart that says we're going to stand up and we're going to fight as Dane comes. We're going to stand up and we're going to fight to realize that these relationships are the most important things that God has given us. What is God asking you today? What is he encouraging you in today that you need because I believe God has the answers to that and for that. And what I want to do is just pray for you this morning. The next few weeks, we're going to clarify a lot of these things. I'm going to give you more statistics next week that are really going to get you to understand how much time your kids spend on God and how much time they spend on everything else. And it's, it's, it's appalling church I tell the told the connect group on Wednesday night man you your hour on Sundays uh, never gonna get you out of hell one hour a week will never get you out of hell one hour a week is never going to be enough for you to be completely walking and doing great things in the kingdom of God You've got a daily fight for your life. You've got a daily fight for the lives of people around you. And I'll tell you, as you fight for people, results are going to happen. People are going to start coming to you more often because you've said, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to be successful in this. I'm going to take what I learned on Sunday and implement that in my own life and the lives of my children every day. And I'm going to be diligent and deliberately do, doing this and walking this out because I'm going to fight for the things that matter in this life. That's what we're going to do over the next four weeks. It is invest in you and get you going. Your kids are going to start bringing stuff home. You've got to be faithful to this. What that might mean, friends, is there might be an hour in your day that you already have planned for something else. you got to take that plan and throw it away and actually implement this into that one hour a day. You know, our wonderful Dr. Wall tells me, you got to do your stuff every day, Sam. You can't just do it once a week. you got to be committed to it. Even in natural things, you got to be committed to it. But so much... So, so much uh, more in the spiritual because spiritually if you're alive in God and you're walking in freedom it's going to radiate to every area of your life you're going to be a better father you're going to be a better husband you're going to be a better employee you're going to be healthier you're going to eat better you're going to work out you're going to take care of the temple of God that he has given you friends I want to tell you 
and encourage you today that you have everything you need. But you got to fight for what really matters. Can we stand to our feet this morning? I want to do something just, uh, we got one minute. Um, if you're here this morning and you want to fight for your families like never before, if you want to kind of stand in the gap, if you want to stand in the broken places this morning, I just want you to come up to the front. The reason why I do this is because I need you to get out of your own head. I need you to get out of your own world and scoot all the way up to the front too. I need you to get out and, and just do something that says, God, I, I want you to recognize what I want to do this morning. I want, to, I want you to recognize that I want to fight for my families. Because listen, if you, if you don't fight, you don't, don't expect your neighbor to fight for your kids. You got to fight for them. You got to fight because of them. You got to fight the enemy off. I want you to scoot up, make room for people behind you because I just want to say that your kids are gifts. <laughs> and we, we want to honor our gifts. We want to do well with our gifts. I appreciate your willingness to say, God, I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm going to fight for my coworkers. I'm going to fight for my parents. Come on, some of you need to stand in the gap for your parents. I believe God's given you that ability this morning. You should have bow your heads. Lord, I pray over your people this morning that have walked up here to stand in the gap for their family members. That have walked up here to say, I will fight the enemy to defeat the enemy in the lives of my children right now. And God, you see your champions this morning. They have stood up here to say, we are champions. We can stand up and be counted that we will do this. And we will be successful in this. And we will make this a priority in our lives on a daily basis. God, you might give us 26 hours at church. But Lord, we have 3,000 hours a year to bring life to our children. And we will be faithful to do that today. We dedicate this to you, God, as a mandate from you that we will walk in this. We will be successful in this. We will fight like never before. We will encourage our children that by the word of God that is the truth that will set their minds free, Father. And I just pray right now you give these wonderful parents and family members the words to say to bring life to them. Lord, not to force them, not to, not to beat them up about their decisions, but to bring love, God. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, Father. And I pray that the goodness of God would radiate in your people this morning as they walk out of this place and they begin to walk with their children, with their family members, and bring life to them. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing right now in our church, Lord. Lord, we are called according to your purposes, and they are much higher and much greater. God, you say you, you, your words and your thoughts are so exceedingly above our own, God. And I pray that it would produce amazing results of life, God. Use us. Use our hearts. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit today to say the right words to our children, God. We lay them at your feet, God. They are your gifts, Lord, that you have given to us. And Lord, you know how to walk with them. You know how to encourage them. So just give your people the, 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 the wisdom, Jesus, today to make that step that's going to affect their worlds around them, Lord. And we just honor you for this, God. We thank you, Lord. I want to pray for Lori as we're up here together. Lori leaves for Guatemala next week on a mission trip. She's going to go fight for people that she's never met. 
She's going to go fight for people. Because God has given her the opportunity and she has walked faithfully through that door. We believe as champions, we don't just fight for people we know. We're the only people in this world that fight for people that we've not even met yet. You realize that? We fight for people, we pray for people we've not even met. But that's because we have an amazing role in this kingdom. I want to lift up Lori. Dear Lord, we lift up Lori to you as she goes to Guatemala. I pray that you would give her such a sense of peace as she travels. Lord, put your angels around her as she flies and goes with all these wonderful ladies, ministers in Guatemala. Use her life over this, over this next week. Let her see things she's never seen before. God, I pray that it would produce such life in her. I pray that you would come and, and speak words of life to her and direction on, on, on things that she can be involved in that she's never been involved. And Lord, we honor Lori for her step of faith that says, I don't care what's going on, God, but you've asked me to do this. I'm going to walk faithfully through this door, and it's going to be a miracle all the amazing things that you're going to do through Lori God and I just thank you for I thank you for Patrick and her their boys Lord that you would give them uh, strength and encouragement and support through this time while Lori is gone thank you father this is a family that fights for the kingdom of God this is a family that fights for their boys and represents you well God I pray you would do miracles in them today I want to encourage you this morning, friends. You need to tell people that you're fighting for them. I'm believing in you. You need to tell them that you're praying for them, that you're praying God will continue to do great things in them. You don't have to tell them what to do. You just need to go to them and say, listen, I'm praying for you today. Is there anything you need prayer for? Is there anything I can do to support you? What do champions do? They champion the cause of Christ for people that don't even understand. We we lift people up to Jesus. It's a beautiful thing, church. We're going to do this orange, and we're going to do it right, friends. And your children, your family members are going to benefit because of your faithfulness today. I love you. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our hearts today. I want you to run this play this week. Run the play. Tell people about what God's doing in your life. And fight for those people. Amen. That's all for this week. Make sure to turn in next week whenever we continue our Sea Orange series. Have a blessed one.